Good morning. Happy Palm Sunday. Happy beginning of Holy Week. Today, proclaiming. What do we proclaim? We proclaim God Almighty. We proclaim the goodness of Jesus Christ. We proclaim the power of the Spirit. We are to proclaim. If we are to be strong, mature Christians, strong, mature Christians proclaim. They proclaim God's glory. They tell of his goodness. They, they remind us and others how God rescued us, redeemed us, the power, the might, the glory of God Almighty that we, 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 and when we proclaim, it not only helps the hearer, those that hear the glad tidings of what God can do and how God has worked and how God has moved, it helps the hearer for sure, but it strengthens us. We become stronger in our faith, more mature in our faith when we utter God's praises and, and tell of his wonderful goodness. We benefit from the proclaiming. Amen. See, we live in the easiest time, I think, to share your thoughts, your feelings, your recommendations. All you have to do is click on a button uh, 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 that you like something on social media. We're urged by Amazon and Yelp or Google to make recommendations. How many of you have thought about purchasing a product and before you purchase it, what do you do? You'd go and you, you check online, you see what others say about it. If it has four, four and a half stars, okay, I can buy. If it has one star, oh, I don't want to get that. See, for those of you who are younger, it used to be Google in the old days was going to the library and getting the Consumer uh, Reports magazine and looking up refrigerators and seeing which one would they rated the highest. That's what you had to do. Now it's so easy. You just click on a button. You see, and you don't know. You don't know who's reviewing those products. Maybe it's the you know the brother-in-law, the guy who, who who made it. I don't know. But if they have five stars, four and a half stars, okay, I'm in. No stars, thank you. No thanks. Carl and I, when we were on vacation, we went to, um, we were in, in Florida, Destin, Florida. So I wanted to go to the best Mexican restaurant in Destin, Florida. And so I, you know, typed in best restaurant, restaurant and it was Burrito del Sol, Bur Burrito of the Sun. That sounds good. And so we decided that's where we were going to go, Burrito del Sol. So we show up at the restaurant, Burrito del Sol, and we go in and we ordered our, our drinks. Normally, Carl and I, we're water people. We always get water. Waitresses aren't always happy with us. You know, we always get water. But that day, that day, that day, we got pop. We each got a Sprite. And so the way, the, the, the food service, the waitress, she went out, got our, our drinks. She was bringing them back. I opened up the menu. Said, Carla, we are not in Burrito del Sol, Burrito of the Sun. We were in a different restaurant. You're going to think I'm making this name up. But I swear to you, this is the name of the restaurant, the restaurant that we, we mistakenly went into. I'm skewed. S-K-E-W-E-D. I'm skewed. We're in I'm skewed. Carla, we thought we were going to be a burrito del sol. We're in I'm skewed. Ah! There was no one else in I'm skewed. Just Carla and I. We were the only ones in I'm skewed. The whole restaurant. It was just us. So the waitress is coming. She's bringing our drinks. And Carla very nicely, politely says, you know, we thought we were going to Burrito del Sol. And she goes, oh, we share the same parking lot. It's just right there. We turned left. We sure turned right. So we're in. I'm skewed. Carla's trying to be nice. He says, you know, we're just going to have our pop and maybe an appetizer. Could we have an appetizer? We were in. It's a Filipino restaurant. I'm skewed is. I've never eaten Filipino food. I don't know what Carla ordered, but the, the waitress brought us something and we're nibbling. It was good. It was really good. And so we're eating it. 
I see some kids, some little kids come in, they're carrying their backpacks, and since we're the only ones in the restaurant, they're kind of peeking around the corners, and ooh, there's somebody in here. And, and so it was, this was going on, and I said, Carla, we're eating, you know, and it's good, it was good. I said, Carla, we can't leave, this is a family restaurant, there's no one here. We've gotta help this poor Filipino family, we've gotta help them, so we gotta stay, we gotta stay. We can't go to burritos, so we gotta stay. So the waitress came back, we said, I don't know what we ordered, it was, it was chicken and rice, I don't know, it had a long name, chicken and rice is what it was. It was good, it was really good, I liked I'm skewed, if I were to write a review, I'm skewed. Why do I tell you this whole story? I was proclaiming I'm skewed. I was proclaiming to you the goodness. I was giving you a review. It's so easy. It's so easy to tell of the goodness and the, and the wonder of God Almighty. I get it, I get it, we're so cautious. We don't wanna be pushy. We, 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 we know that people, sometimes they think organized religion is, is, is bad and, and so we don't wanna be pushy about organized, I have to use air quotes for organized religion because organized religion has taken a bad, a bad hit. And we've had, you know, there's been a lot of bad reviews of Christians and Christianity these days. It's easy, bad news travels fast. So bad news of, of what Christians are doing, that makes, that makes the news. Listen, if you rob a bank or do something terrible, please do not tell them you attend Central Church. Tell them, I don't know where you can tell them you attend, I don't know, don't tell them you attend here. Because bad news travels fast and, and good news, good news about what Christians do. And Christians, organized religion, Christians, how many hospitals and clinics and rescue missions and organizations like, like Compassion International or World Vision, Nazarene Compassion of Ministries for crying out loud. All of these are, are faith-based and they're doing so much good, that doesn't get in the news. You know, when we eliminated the $9.2 million worth of, of delinquent debt, Pastor Livengood, when he was here, he sent out press release to the, to the TV stations. That's big news, you know, 7,200 families we have. You know, it was crickets, nothing. But if, if something bad happened, they'd be lined up here to, to, to film it. That's just kind of the way it is. Why do I tell you that? Because we need Christians, people like you and me, who are serving Jesus, to live that out and proclaim the, proclaim the good news of Jesus. People need to see in us what Jesus can do. People need to see in us the love of the Savior. People need to see in us you know, Christians so often they're labeled hypocritical or, or judgmental or irrelevant or whatever it may be. We've gotten a lot of bad reviews. And the only way to, to counteract that is for people to know you're not just a good guy, you're not just a nice lady, you're not just a good neighbor. The reason you're a good guy, nice lady, good neighbor is because of Jesus. That's what we're proclaiming. It's not that I'm just a, a swell person. It's because of Jesus. Do you remember how Paul described uh, uh, Christians? He said this. He said that we are Christ's ambassadors as though God himself were making his appeal through us. We're Christ's ambassadors. Wherever you go, whoever you see, we're Christ's ambassadors. You, you wanna know how most people come to know Jesus? It's not through preachers like me. Although I'm glad, I'm glad for you at home or maybe you've shared this service online and people sometimes scroll through and they watch it and they watch the service and I have friends, high school friends that watch our services and, and different people from long ago that watch our services and they're watching. I'm thankful, thankful, thankful for that. And sometimes people are watching, watching, watching and they come to know Jesus through that. People watch, you know, Billy Graham back in the day on TV, come to know Jesus, wonderful. But most people, 
come to know Jesus because they have a friend who lives before them a Christian life. They have a friend who will sit with them and talk with them and, and pray with them if they need to. They have a friend that they can look at and say, you know, my life is a mess and I, whatever they got, that's what I want. That's how people become Christians for the most part. Think of your own life. Who was it? You're probably a Christian because someone influenced you in a positive way towards Jesus. Maybe you had a great Sunday school teacher or maybe it was a neighbor, maybe it was a friend, maybe it was a pastor and somebody, somebody, maybe if you're like me, it's your mom and dad or maybe if you're like my dad, it was his sister. When my dad finally decided that alcohol was not the answer to his problems and that he probably needed to get his life straightened around, he found himself in a church of the Nazarene because his sister went to, used to be called the Calvary, Detroit Calvary Church of the Nazarene, and that's how he ended up, he just knew Nazarenes weren't a cult. That's all he knew. He didn't know anything about churches. He didn't know anything about anything godly or religious. He just knew that his sister had what he did not have. His sister had peace, and he needed that. And so he stumbled into a Nazarene church, and that's how come our family became Nazarenes. It's because of his sister. Who is, it, who is it that influenced you? Was it a Sunday school teacher? Was it a friend, a neighbor? Think of that person. Do you have them in your mind? Are they still alive? Do you want to make their day, make their week, maybe month, year? Write them a note. Not, not, not even an email, a real paper, pencil, you know, like they used to do. And, and write it out in your own handwriting. And say, you know, I'm following Jesus today because of you. Because you took time to be with me, because you cared for me, because you loved me and, and you prayed for me. I'm, I'm a Christian today because you were my Sunday school teacher and you told me about Jesus. I'm a Christian today because of the, the way you modeled Jesus before me. Write a note. I tell you what, they'll read it, they'll reread it. They'll keep it the other day. I had a guy I haven't seen in a long time. He stopped off at my house and get, from a sermon I preached 20 years ago. Who, who influenced you to become a Jesus? Now, here, maybe the, here's a better question. Would, if, if I asked someone, would someone say that you were the person that influenced them? If you can think of a person that would say, yeah, you know, there's probably someone that, this guy would probably put me on the list that helped them in their Christian faith. Probably that lady would, would put me on the list. And if that's true, if you can think of a person that would be, then praise the Lord, thank the Lord for his provenient grace that, that led you to that person and you intersected with them and you were open to God's leading and you, and you shared your love of Jesus with that person and they accepted Jesus. Praise the Lord, wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. Probably the greatest thing you'll do in your life is when you help influence someone to, to find Jesus. But if you can't think of a person, if you can't think of one person that you've helped along their journey to Jesus, well, it's not too late. It's not too late to start proclaiming. It's not too late to start making a difference. It's not too late to start praying for that person and caring for that person saying, Lord, that person needs you and help me to be the person. I'm not saying get your big Bible and beat them over the head. Just start praying for them and being loving them and caring for them and all those things and help them in their journey towards Jesus. We're talking about proclaiming today. We're talking about sharing the love of Jesus with our friends and our neighbors. It's it's being a fisher of men. Do you remember that story? Matthew tells it, it says, says, Jesus was walking along the Sea of Galilee, saw two brothers, Simon and Peter, uh, Simon called Peter and his brother Andrew, and they were casting net into the lake for they were fishermen. Come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out 
to fish for people. I'm not a great fisher of fish. I, I, you know, our friend Greg Monzo, he's a great fisherman. Some of you may be great. I'm, I'm terrible at it. I never seem to catch fish. But fishing for people, fishing for people, that gives me the greatest joy. And it's not hard. With social media, it's not hard. And you don't have to be, you don't have to be, you know, whatever, over the top. It's easy to make a comment, something non-threatening. Hey, I went to church, I went to church today. I really loved it. That's all you need to write. Man, I, I'm so thankful for, for Base Camp and Pastor Janet. She's such a great children's pastor. That's all you need to put on there. That's all you need to post. Oh, I loved, I loved our, the Christmas Eve service at Central Church. That's all you need. I love my church. If you don't have a church, you are welcome to come with me. Just put that on there. That's not threatening to anyone. It's just saying that you love, I love Jesus, period, end of story. That's not hard. Now listen though, you've got, on Twitter, you've got 280 characters to do that. You can, you can write something like that. On, on Instagram, you know, a picture says a thousand words. Don't just post it. And one of the cool pictures always is the Christmas Eve service and you post it, you get a picture, you take a selfie with you in the candle and you put it on there. That's wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. That's a cool picture. But don't just put that. Put just regular pictures of coming to church or serving in your neighborhood or, 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 or teaching in Sunday school class. Some of those things, just normal, regular, everyday Christian things, post that out there. And get this. You're not gonna believe it, but it's true. You can put nice things on Facebook. Strange, but true. You could put what godly, nice, kind things. Now listen, though. If you put something on Facebook on Sunday, how you love Jesus, do not. Do not put something on Monday or Tuesday that is hateful or racist or terrible or mean or crude or vulgar. Don't be that, don't be that guy. Don't be like the crowds. This is Palm Sunday. Don't be like the crowds on Palm Sunday. Remember how Matthew tells that story? Very large crowds spread out their cloaks in, on the road while others cut branches in, on the trees and spread them out on the road. And the crowds went ahead of him and they shouted, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest heaven. And when Jesus entered Jerusalem, the whole city was stirred and asked, who is this? And the crowds answered, this is Jesus. Hooray, the prophet of Nazareth and Galilee. If they had phones, they'd be taking selfies, them in the palm branches and me and Jesus. Look at the donkey, selfie, selfie, selfie. Hooray, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. That was Sunday. But what, what selfies were they posting on Friday? Crucify him. We want Barabbas, the killer, not Jesus, the healer, the savior, Hosanna. Don't post things on Sunday of how much you love Jesus and then on Monday put how much you hate someone else. Because that may not be saying crucify Jesus. What that's saying is ignore Jesus. Disregard Jesus. Jesus doesn't do anything for you because if I can hate on Monday and say I love him on, on Sunday, that negates everything. Proclaim. That's what we're talking about. It's, it's proclaiming the love of Jesus to populate our, our social media posts with that. But don't leave it at that. That's too easy. It's easy to say, well, I, went to, I love my church, period, period, period. No, do it with a purpose. And the purpose is that you might have a face-to-face -face conversation with a friend that is hurting or troubled or going through a rough time and you can talk to them and have some spiritual conversations with them and say, you know what? I was there once myself and I, I know this, I needed Jesus. 
Proclaim Jesus. Jesus said this, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Proclaim Jesus. Last weekend, you know, we were with our boys and their wives, and it was wonderful. We didn't really do anything all that, uh, you know, exciting. We went to restaurants, we hung out together. It was great, and I love being with them. We have two grand dogs, one grand cat, not all that excited about, and... And, and no grandkids, which, you know, we try to encourage, you know, who are getting or not getting any younger. We weren't perfect parents. I'm sure we could have shared our faith more. Carla still sends them. She does much better than me. And she'll send them devotion that speaks to her. And she'll say, read this. And sometimes they read it. I think they read it. I hope they read it. And it was just great last Sunday being in church with, with them. We went to Ben's church and we were just sitting all together as a family. I love that. More and more, I've told you this before, more and more my, my life verse that I, that I want is, is 3 John verse 4 that simply says, I have no greater joy. The thing that brings me the greatest joy, the thing that brings me overwhelming joy is to hear that my children are walking in the truth. Your first job, your first priority, priority number one is to proclaim the good news of Jesus to your kids or your grandkids. They need to know that Jesus is the king of your heart and your life. They need to know the love of Jesus. That's job number one. Proclaim Jesus to your family. Proclaim Jesus. Again, don't beat him over the head, but share the love of Jesus. Again, Carla, don't hear that we're perfect parents. We, we weren't. But I think our kids know that we love them and we love Jesus. Make sure your family knows that. Peter, Peter, the one who Jesus said, I'm going to make you a fisherman, he wrote a letter. And in that letter, he said this, always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks to give it for the reason, that, for the hope that you have. Always be prepared. Always be prepared. Someone asks you, why are you a Christian? Why are you a follower of Jesus? What would you say? All right, here's my one minute answer. Stop, although in the first service, it was a minute and 30 seconds. I think they started too early up in the box, and so I'm gonna try to tighten it up. One minute, don't start yet. I'll tell you when. Here's my one minute reason of why I love Jesus, why I'm a Christian. Are you ready? On your mark, get set, go. My dad, my dad's dad, my dad's dad's dad, my dad's dad, 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 all of them were alcoholics. My dad started drinking when he was 11 or 12 years old. He was an alcoholic. And somehow he stumbled into a church after his, he had three kids and a wife that said, I want a divorce. He stumbled into a church and he found Jesus. And that makes all the difference. Why does that make all the difference? Why do I tell you about my dad when you're asking him why I'm a Christian? Because I'm kid number four. Do the math. I wouldn't be here if it weren't for Jesus. No Jesus, no me. That's the truth. But I found Jesus and I didn't go through all the things that my dad did because as a fifth grader, I went down to an altar in a little Nazarene church and accepted Jesus for myself. And that doesn't make me perfect. And I'm I've still got a ways to go, but Jesus is shaping me. He's making me. And because of Jesus, I'm a better husband. Because of Jesus, I'm a better dad. Because of Jesus, I'm a better person. When I'm sick, he's there. When I need him, he's there. When I'm troubled, he's there. He, Jesus, he is always there. The greatest decision in my life was Jesus. 104, I did it. It was a minute 30 in the first service, so whew. 
why are you a Christian? Are you ready? Can you give an answer? Why do you go to Central Church? Why do you go to that church on Bristol Road? What do you tell them? Well, you know, and there's lots of good reasons. I like the music. I like the children's program. I like the youth group. I like that we're serving in the community. It's where my family has always gone. I, I was in trouble and I needed something and that church really helped me. There's lots of good reasons. Carla's answer, you know, that the, the preacher is really good looking. <laughs> That's not her answer. There's lots of, I don't, I think I'm more concerned about what others, what, what, what people who don't come here, what they say about this place. I want them to say that Central Church is a church that loves people. That Central Church is a church that cares about their neighbors. That Central Church is a place where if you're in trouble, you go there, you'll, they'll help you, they'll try to help you. That's what I want people to say about us. I, I, I want people to, to, to look at this church as a place where there's, there's hope. See, it's proclaiming, proclaiming what Jesus has done and, and being the church that proclaims and shows the love of Jesus. That, that, that we really believe what we preach all the time, that we want God's kingdom to come and his will to be done right here, right here, in Flint, on earth, in Flint, as it is in heaven. That we not only preach it, but we live that out. That we are the church that, that cares for people. See, unchurched people, they don't, they don't care if you're Baptist or Nazarene or Catholic. They, don't, they really don't. I shouldn't say that, but... I, they don't. I, I did a funeral a few years back, and after the funeral, I stopped at a gas station to fill up my car, and there was a guy who was just finishing filling up the car, getting into his car, and he saw me. He had been at the funeral, and he, and he yelled out to me, and he said, hey, preacher, me and my wife were having a discussion, and we're, I said that Catholics and Nazarenes are, are, are the same thing. Are you guys the same thing? He's like, well, um, you know, he's getting ready to go. I'm, I said, well, you, you know, there's some differences. Um, you know, their worship style is probably different. Their structure is different. And I'm kind of hemming and hawing. I said, but, but, but we both say Jesus is Lord. We do both say Jesus. He said, that's what I told my wife. You're the same. And he hopped in his car and he drove off. <laughs> people, unchurched people, they don't care about your theology. Don't hear that theology is not important. It is important. And unchurched people don't care. They may care that you're preaching the Bible or that you're preaching Jesus. They may, what they really want to know, if I'm in trouble, will you help me? If my kid goes off the deep end, will you be there for me? If, 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 uh, if I'm struggling with, with aging parents, will you, will, you, will you love me? If I have doubts, will you still love me? Will you be there for me? Will you, will, you, will, you, will you say you love me and then act like you don't love me? That's what unchurched people want to know. They want to be in a place where they are loved. They want to hear the story of Jesus and how Jesus can impact their life. They want to know that, that they want to know that you love. Simple as that. This series has been about practices. What do we do to be a strong, mature Christian? We worship and pray. We Study, study God's word, study the world around us. We serve. Last week, we share, share our resources, share our time, talent, treasure. Today, we proclaim. Strong Christians proclaim. Do you remember Paul's words in Romans? He said this, for I am not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of 
of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. I am not ashamed of the gospel. It is the power of God. I am not ashamed. I am with, not, again, I'm not beating people over the head with the Bible. I am sharing the love of Jesus. I am, I am constantly caring for them and loving them and showing, showing, showing them that Jesus can make a difference in a person's life. That's what we're sharing. That's what we're proclaiming. I am not ashamed of the gospel. It's taking serious. People talk all the time. You've heard it. I've heard it. Oh, our world, blah, blah, blah. What's the answer to our world? The answer to our world is Jesus. And how are they gonna hear it if it's not from us? This week, this is an easy week to invite people to church. People know that Easter Sunday is coming. And you can say, listen, why don't you join me? Good Friday services, pick one. And you need to, you need to register, pick one. We'll come, I'll register for you, pick one. And we'll go either 6 or 7.30. Easter, 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 come with me on Easter Sunday. I can't come on Easter Sunday, I gotta work. Great, we've got a Saturday night service, 6 o'clock, come with us to that. It's so easy this week. Do you remember Jesus' words in the Sermon on the Mount? Jesus said, you are a light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people put a lamp or light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand and it gives light to everyone in the house.